Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. Lindergaard making Morris backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him by the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. Hello, how are you and welcome to the Glover's Cast, the first episode of the brand new season and uh, here to talk about opening day defeat at the hands of Kings Lynn is Mr. Dave Coates. Dave, how are you feeling? You've slept on it? I have slept in it. Could I sleep again on it, possibly? And uh, But I'd, I'd probably rather be sleeping on it than uh, taking a drive down to Aldershot, I would have thought. But uh, yeah, I notice our beacon of positivity has deserted us this morning, just when we need him most. Yeah, we're going to struggle here, aren't we? Um, yeah, yeah. As the, the realists of the podcast. Um, no, yeah, you could sleep on it again. But unfortunately for you, once you've slept on it, you've got to go and watch Yeovil Town play. Exactly, yeah. So it's it's not going to get any better. So we might as well just accept it, haven't we, and move on. But uh, but yes, Mr. Barrett not with us. Uh, we understand he is travelling south. We have not got his exact location, but uh, we understand he will be travelling south at some point. So uh, so maybe he will be uh, popping in at Hewish Park with a bit of with some of his positive vibes to try and uh, lift the players, or perhaps uh, you know teach uh, Matt Worthington how to tackle. Maybe I don't know. Or give him another red card. There's a good picture of Ben. We've got yeah, <laughs> yeah, red a very young-looking Ben. I mean, Ben looks youthful at the best of times, but uh, but yeah, this one is a very young-looking uh, refereeing Ben Barrett. We'll have to uh, stick <laughs> that one on the socials and see what people make of it. I think every time there's a red card now, we'll just post that on the socials. Yeah. So um, see it a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'll you'll get used to that one. I think. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, two one, two one against Kings Lynn, who were part time last season. Um, we drew with Kings Lynn in our first game of the season last year, so not a, a great sign of progress. Um, me and Dave, neither of us were at the game, uh, so we've we're both talking about this from the um, the probably a luxury now of being able to listen to it rather than go. Yeah, listened um, to it and did see the highlights. So I saw the goals and I saw the sending off um, highlights, in inverted commas. <laughs> Although Joe Quigley's goal was quite uh, special. Yeah, um, I suppose that's a, a big positive to take from the take from the the start of well, a disappointing start is that Joe Quigley's opened his account, scored a good goal, and that's you know something for him to be build off of and and pull a bit of confidence from it's a bit of a bit of a sort of deja vu from last year where <laughs> Quigley scored and we were losing so let's hope it those goals can be um more winning ones what were your you know you listened to it what were your thoughts listening to the game how did you how did you feel we um how did you feel it sounded well uh, well talking about the first what was it 38 minutes before Worthington got sent off um, we sounded like kind of what I expected uh, in, in in a lot of ways. And as much as we'd been told before the game that there was going to be, um, we were going to have to soak up a lot of pressure. We we heard before the game that Kings Lynn were a very possession based team and when and good on the ball. And when they got the ball, they didn't lose it very often. And I think that's probably what the case was. I mean, I can't remember what the possession statistics were, but I think we were. Like they were over 60 percent, I think, by the end of the game. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was similar in those first 40 minutes. So, yeah, we had to we had to soak up a lot of pressure. It didn't sound uh, I mean, I think Gold had a couple of chances. Gold on Mateo for, for Kings Lynn, obviously one of our old boys um, and didn't do anything with them. But it didn't sound like we were overly threatened. There might have been one. Uh, I was listening to Chris Wheel on BBC Somerset and. Um, he praised the uh, Kings, uh, the Yeovil uh, goalkeeper Grant Smith for a couple of saves that he made. So I, I'd say, yeah, the first 40, 38 minutes or whatever it was, probably was what I expected. I mean, the goal, it sounded like, came completely out of nothing. But, you know, <laughs> got to take what we can get of it as far as goals are concerned, I think. Yeah, I mean, it sounded like we were, you know, the, the plan at the start of the season, as Darren spoke about, was to you know be solid at the back and you know it felt like we we were doing that we were soaking up the pressure um it was interesting that chris you know wheelie said at half time when he was speaking to jeff 20 and that kings lynn were playing some really nice football um and and you know we were the the dominating the game in terms of possession and and like you say that the actual stats were 68 percent possession for kings lynn by the end of the game by the end of the game yeah we should talk about the lineup, really, shouldn't we? Um, you know, we've been served up four four two all through yeah. the, all through the preseason, and you know, we signed a right back on in on loan yesterday, which felt like you know we were going to go that way. But Darren Zoll threw a bit of a curveball and set us up with um, well, this is debatable. I've gone with a five four one. Um, I think Ben said in our chat, didn't he? It's, you know, five four one out of possession and. 
This um, is where you need yeah, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> if you remember back to last Friday, I couldn't even count to 11. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you know, I thought it was a, a bit of a surprising um, lineup, really, because Darren Sol's not really one for chopping and changing and from going, you know, a 4 4 2 for all the games um, that, during, that we had in pre season. I thought we'd uh, go with that. But yeah, went for a. Three centre backs in Hunt, Wilkinson, and Williams, um, Worthington, and Wimback, who is obviously the square peg in a round hole, which we spoke about on last week's podcast, and um, Jordan Barnett, uh, left wing back, and then um, the midfield of Gorman and Storm and Wakefield Knowles with Quigley up front on his own. And yeah, um, I mean, we will get to the questions, but one of the questions we had was, um, you know, why are we, you know. Why? When are we going to persist with hoofball? Why are we playing hoofball? And you know that's a pretty good, um, you know, indication of that. I would say. You know, we just got Joe quickly up front at the moment while Ada Youssef um, gets fitness. Um, what were you surprised by the lineup? What did you think when you saw that team? It was hard to work out what it was going to be, wasn't it? A little bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, to start with, we had a confusion as to uh, as to what the lineup was, but I suppose that's. That that's understandable, but yeah, I, I I take your point with regards to playing four four two. But I suppose the other thing is we haven't played at all for three weeks prior to yesterday. So and there's been quite a few faces that have come in since that uh, preseason friendly against Western Supermare. I say quite a few. We've obviously lost a few as well. So um, I can only assume that there's Darren Salatine something in you know what passed for preparation before that game because again we don't know who's in and out with um with covid and all the rest of it but um yeah i can only assume he's looked at that looked at the resources available to him and thought well this is the best i've got i i, I would have been surprised if he'd have chucked those new lads in um the right back was robinson the right back and no, moss, the Mo- moss is moss was the right moss back. is the one who can play right back and midfield right. and okay then- Robinson's the left back. Right. And when Robert, when Moss came on, he sounded like he did all right, didn't he? But I wonder whether Darren Shaw was thinking, you know, of, you know, we've got a, a trip, I guess, trust him and say that uh, he maybe knew something about him coming in. Maybe he hadn't played a lot, so we didn't want to chuck him straight into, um, into it. And if he thought that Matt Worthington was a reliable, uh, you know, character to put a, a, a right back. So, I imagine he looked at what he got and went with you know, what he thought was best. But it, I think we really, by the sounds of it, missed that extra man in midfield, didn't we? Um, particularly with Kings Lynn, who were, as we expected, and I seem to remember even when we played him last season at our place and beat him 3-1, they still looked good on the ball and still had a lot of the ball. And um, I can't quite remember as far back as the first game of last season, but um, they are pretty good ball playing side so having an extra man in midfield would probably be a good thing but we've been told we're going to be solid and organized and all the rest of it which to be fair up until the 38th minute although they had a lot of the ball it didn't sound like they overly overly threatened us someone who's at the game might tell me something quite different but no and I guess when you go down to 10 men and you're playing a team like that eventually you're going to get tired legs, which is, yeah. you know, the manager sort of alluded to that, didn't he, in his um, post-match presser, uh, yeah, saying we look weak and tired at the end. Yeah. 
So when you've spent, you know, the majority of the game running around chasing the ball, eventually you think that's probably gonna, yeah. that's probably gonna break. And that was the case, wasn't it? And it, you know, it was a real, I get real um, uh, flashback vibes of us having a one nil lead and surrendering it towards the end. Like yeah. it, it feels like that has been, you know, since we, since Exeter, when we were three nil up away at Exeter, <laughs> I think I've got, yeah, like, let's not go back to that. I one. think I've got PTSD about us being, <laughs> you know, one nil up with 10, 10 minutes or so to go and uh, fearing the worst. So yeah, it's obviously the, the red card was a, a it was a big turning point. It, it has to have been a big turning point that, and I think it was a red card looking at the, you know, the, oh, cast, yeah. the challenge yeah. and, and the photo of the challenge as well. Yeah. Um, I don't it, think there's any question it was a red card. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a real shame for Worthington because you feel like he's, this is a big season for Matt Worthington. And he's really, in, in my view, he's really got to step up and he's into, is this his third season at the club now? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, can can we say he, he, you know it's a real big time for him to actually show some progress and now you know three games he'll be out for the, the next three games and you know some players that can be you know a big a big hit in terms of their selection you know he, what's to say you know we might play um, Sunny Blue in the next couple of games and Worthington might not get a sniff if we go on a decent run. Well, be a nice problem to have, wouldn't it? If we could, uh, if we could do that. But I think the thing that disappointed me about about Worthington sending off was that there was absolutely no need for it. You know where it was. What were, in the context of the game, it just seemed reckless and stupid. To be honest with you, it was just a completely stupid thing to do. Um, and, and I think we spoke last season about um, discipline. And, and I know the manager said, what was it, Hartlepool went up with more yellow cards than anyone else or something like that. But it sounded like a couple of our yellow cards yesterday were for exactly that. I think um, uh, someone got booked for throwing the ball away or shouting at the referee or something, something like that. I mean, if you get a yellow card for making, I don't know, a last-ditch tackle, or if you get a red card for making a last-ditch tackle, you can kind of accept that for, for you know, you can accept the, 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 the effort. But I said it last season, and I haven't changed my opinion, that it's just stupid yellow cards like that are going are gonna to cost us. And I know it's all about, you know, how we play, and some people love yellow cards. Some people listening to this podcast love yellow cards. Morning, Elliot. Um, <laughs> Uh, and uh, but but for me, yellow cards for things like that are just stupid, and red cards like Matt Worthington are just stupid. So he needs to take a long hard look at himself and well, grow up a bit. I think, to be honest with you, like you say, he's he's one of the senior players now. He's got a, he's got to step up and show some leadership. And the last thing he did in that first game was show any kind of leadership. So. He's put pressure on himself now, but you know he's he is a good player. He is a good player. He's a big season. He could be a massive player for us if he wants to be. Um, he's wherever he wants to be, I think. Yeah, and uh, and on the flip side, we've got uh, a centre midfielder 
having to play out of position because of injury, uh, COVID, um, lack of, I don't know, really lack of preparation. We've been lack of options. I know yeah. we'll come on to this with the question in the in the questions, but we haven't got many options, and we haven't no, got really. many options. And the options we do have are, you know, people that aren't fit, people that have got injury problems, kids. They're the and options it, that we. I, and again, these are. It feels like this is something we talked about probably a, f- a few weeks ago, saying you know we were quite optimistic because we'd got a lot of players in on contracts. It looked like we were in a decent position squad-wise. At that point, we thought, you know, he's going to add five or six more um, and then maybe go into the loans loan market. Then we all go down to injury. We've got the COVID outbreak and we're looking a bit threadbare. And then only today, we've or sorry, yesterday, the, the announcement of the two loan signings, and it just feels like, felt like we were in a good position to be really prepared and then everything's been yeah everything's been thrown out the window and we've had to you know we've had to go last minute bargain bin digging for a couple of a couple of young loan players and you know we saw who do we have last year ryan burke jack clark they were two of our young loan players who Sort didn't of, work out. Didn't, didn't work out for us. So, you know, we need to hope that these two are different, really, because I get the feeling they're going to be leaned on quite heavily, yeah. especially in these first few games as we um, look to try and find a, a system and a platform that works. Mm. Um, but Robinson arrived injured. Yeah, <laughs> so, you know, he's trying to just trying to fit in. I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wants to get to know most of his teammates yeah, exactly. um, in the injury room. Yeah. Um, but on that yeah. point, I mean, if, if you had Mark Little and Ruben Reed in that squad, and I know uh, my, my opinions on, on, on Ruben Reed uh, of last season, I should say, are well documented. But uh, but Ru- if we had Ruben Reed and Mark Little in that team last yesterday, it would have been a very different game, I think. I, I think we, we, we'd have been far more of a, of a threat, but, you know... We'd have, we'd have, probably, have, we'd have probably played a four four two. Yeah, we'd have had a proper right-back, you know, an experienced right-back, um, and we'd have had, a, you know, another another centre-forward up there. And even though Quigley and Reed are you know, still too, too similar, I think we'd have given them um, a lot more problems uh, than, 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 than we did, but... That's what we know. We're signing older players in the autumn of their careers, and and Mark Little, um, you know, is a player with well documented injury problems. Uh, and I'm not saying he's the, he was the wrong player to sign because he's obviously got uh, other attributes. But it was always a risk, and it's always a risk but, um, signing a player like that because we don't have the you know. We've been told that we are, you know, our ambition is pushing for promotion. The manager said that. The chairman said that. For me, that's not backed up by what we brought in. There's nothing. There's nothing that we brought in that says we're pushing for promotion. That's why, when I was doing my predictions, I put us bang me table because I think what we brought in is bang me table. Um, nothing. Else, nothing I heard or saw from yesterday has changed my mind on that. But to try and be a little more Barrett, 
it is only the first game of the season. There's still a lot of players to come back. There's still a long way to go. Yeah, I mean, you can witness them put it right <laughs> tomorrow, can't you? Exactly. You can be there front and centre for it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it is... <laughs> We we joked that we you know at the start that we needed a bit of Ben's positivity, but the reality of it is we yesterday we lost to a team that were part time last season. Um, that you know <laughs> that doesn't show. That's not great, is it? That's not great for us, and it's not the start. Absolutely not the start we would have wanted uh, this season. Um, but like you said, we hopefully we can work on it maybe there'll be a change of system but i think are we already talking about how who's going to be fit for monday is that right did i read that um in his uh in his post-match yeah he was talking about um was it but barnett came off because he got a clattering a thing and he said yeah. something about he had yeah monday in mind so yeah how you feeling, listeners? You all right? Yeah? <laughs> Everyone happy? <laughs> Who'd be a football Before manager? Climbing on that bus to Aldershot and thinking, oh, God, where am I going? You're going to Aldershot. <laughs> That's where you're going. Yeah. Um, as always tends to be the case when we lose, we've had quite a few questions. So <laughs> should we take a little breather and then uh, come back with the listeners' questions? Yes. Let's, let, let's calm ourselves down. Right, we're back. We've got a few questions today. Um, start from the top, Craig McCann. Uh, he asks, Dave, you might be able to answer this one as well, seeing as you're going. You may be feeling the same. How many beers do I need to drink before entering the ground on Monday? Well, I've got to drive back to Lancashire after the game, so I won't be drinking as many beers as Craig, <laughs> but I imagine he'll be uh, on a train or on a bus or, uh, or, or getting a lift down. But... I would say, I'd say a couple, you know, everything in moderation, Craig, you know, you've got to look after yourself and it's going to, going to be a hot day as well. So take plenty of water with it as well. But um, <laughs> I'd say something between uh, three and six, I would say before you get in the, before you get in the game, depending on when you're starting, of course. <laughs> yeah. Enough to give you that, you know, that happy vibe, happy vibe that sort of desensitizes you to any negativity. <laughs> So, yeah. I've, I've slipped a couple of Valium while we've been uh, while we've had a break. So um, yeah, I'm feeling better for it already. Maybe give that a go. And as always, drink responsibly, Craig. Yeah, absolutely. Don't go crazy. Um, Dan Johnson. Uh, <laughs> quite a few from Dan Johnson. Uh, let's go. With, why do we insist on playing hoofball? Um, we did sort of touch on this, but you... don't really have the players to do anything else. Yeah, I think the absentees we've got um, sort of don't allow us to at the moment. And one of the things that Darren Sard said after the, the taunting game was that we, you know, we start to see the patterns of attack in play the more we played. And obviously we've been interrupted, <laughs> um, interrupted with the COVID outbreak. So we haven't been able to, to work on that. And then like we've said earlier, the, the shape of the team was different from what we were working on before the COVID outbreak. So it's just a, a classic Yeovil-esque case of um, being thrown under the bus a little bit. <laughs> yeah, 
a cock up. That's why we have to insist on playing hoof ball. Yeah. And well, you say you say a cock up. Well, I mean, the COVID outbreak that surely can be um, avoided, couldn't it? That 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 surely there's some. I mean, I don't know the ins and outs of it, do I? But that that could have been avoided. Uh, you know, in injuries to players. We've had so many injuries to players like like last season. I've got a question whether there's something off the pitch that isn't right. I noticed somebody on social media talking about being, uh, you know, a sports scientist for us th- this year. Let's hope he comes in and, and does something. I mean, all of the things that are bad for us, that have gone wrong for us this uh, this summer, Again, I don't know the the exact ins and outs of it. None of us know the exact ins and outs of it, but they all feel like they could have been avoided. Are you, are you suggesting starting a 33-year-old striker four matches in a row is not the best? Might be <laughs> suggesting that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thing to do. Okay. Look after, let's look after Rubin. Come on, please. Yeah. After Rubin. Yeah, well, he'll... Hopefully, we'll be able to unwrap him at Christmas. Yes, nice. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to come down and there he'll be sat, Ruben Reed, <laughs> sat under the Christmas tree. Right. Um, we've got a question about the ref, which, you know, I can't make any... We're not allowed, no, you know, that's one of the big rules of the Glovers cast. We don't yeah. talk about the ref, so sorry, Dan, we won't be going over that one. Um Ben wouldn't want us to ask this question, but no. Ben's not here. How long do we realistically give Darren? Well, he's got a contract to the end of the season, isn't he? So at least well, that, the, the club will probably tell you that long. I mean, again, I said it before our little break. I, um, I, I'll say it again now. I don't think this situation is entirely his fault. Um, I think he's probably doing the best uh, with with what he's got. But what did Ben say? Green Day clause. Wake me up when September's <laughs> over. Wake me up when September ends, Dave. Ends, ends, yeah. <laughs> well, you, know, over, you don't know enough ends. Green Day. I don't know enough Green Day, no. Um, yeah, and, and I'm, I might actually stick my neck on the line, um, because why not? It's... <laughs> That's what we're here for, really. Um, you said I didn't stick all, my neck on the line. All the noise that has been made about us building a squad for the playoffs from the owner. Um, I think Darren Sowell's probably been a little less over with saying we're aiming for the playoffs. But, you know, the owner said we're building a squad for promotion. There's players coming in saying, you know, anything but promotion. We shouldn't, you know, we shouldn't be thinking about anything different, et cetera, et cetera. You know, Scott really has put that out there. So if the manager's not in the playoff positions at Christmas or close to the playoff positions at, around Christmas, you know, surely that's a failure yeah. on his part. Yeah. And whatever the reason is, he, I mean, he said before, I'm the manager. And if that's the target that the, the owner has set, then no, I'd, uh, I, I'd agree with you. I mean, I think once we get, into this season and we can stop using um and i don't think they're excuses i think there are good reasons why uh you know we're 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 struggling in the way that we are like i've said just now i think they're avoidable but a a lot of it was avoidable but yeah 
yeah, it, it, once we get to sort of end of end of September, probably, then we will be able to see, uh, you know, where, where we're going. And that's when they, the questions have got to start to be asked, haven't they? But Yeah, I mean, I, I would argue that, you know, talking about us building a squad for promotion is just totally yeah. ludicrous. Like, I don't, there's no way we're building a squad for promotion. No. Not um, and to say anything along those lines to me feels disingenuous and it's probably just a sales tactic yeah. um, to get a few more people through the door. Can um, I say there was a positive from yesterday? There was more than 2,000 people in there, which I didn't <laughs> think there was going to be. No. Yeah, I I mean, I, I didn't think we'd have that many um although there were 47 of them were from king's lynn i think so yeah. if you take them off then we're still under 2000 aren't we but i thought it would have been nearer 1500 but there we go well done to everyone for going i just want to dig out here we are fail to prepare um prepare to fail i just want to dig out hughes tweet from yesterday so oh yeah because he was talking it. about first game uh first game attendances he at was. Home, wasn't he? here we go so the last six he said five seasons oh yeah uh had crowds so in 2016 uh, 3715 to watch us play Notts county uh 2017 2464 to watch us play accrington 2018 2796 to watch us play mansfield 2019 2813 to watch us play eastley uh and then in 2021 2024 to watch us play king's lynn um wilston in between zero so yeah. we're better than last season yeah but i there mean you go. that's me being more barrett what what a drop-off yeah i mean you can see the 2016 you know that was were we league one in 2016 or was it no it would have been league two still wouldn't it with against Notts county um so you know there was a noticeable drop off in those years and really you know Priestnell took over in the, the opening game of the season I don't think Priestnell had taken over at that point had he it no, was still he was around but he wasn't officially the owner no um, yeah, it was that that Solly old game that I think was his first game wasn't it Solly all away but a drop of you know a drop of 800 from the last time we played yeah um yeah, and there'll be reasons, won't there? There will be COVID reasons. There will be people still on holiday reasons. Um, there will be people who don't like what's happening at the club reasons. There will be people who've looked at who we've signed, uh, you know, the squad this season. Um, you know, those kind of reasons as well. There'll be lots of reasons for, um, you know, that we could point to that said, but I don't, the thing that worries me more is I don't know anyone who watched that. You know, there'll always be, there will always be 1,500 people who will turn out regardless, and there will always be idiots like me that will drive down to from Lancashire to Hampshire <laughs> regardless. You know, that will just happen because you know, I haven't got a brain cell that tells me not to do it. But, um, uh, but yeah, it, they're, they're, we, if we need to encourage people, encourage people back in. Um, and we spoke about the, uh, you know, the, well, the owner, I should say, has spoke about making Hughes Park a, a nicer place to come to. Um, I'd be interested to hear from those people who were at Hughes Park yesterday, whether it is now a nicer place to come to than it was when they were there last. 
Yeah, well, by all accounts, what mm. we've um, seen on social media, you know, people weren't overly enamoured with the barbers. Yeah. Know. There's no uh, Hall of Fame. There's no Skit Lally. <laughs> there's, uh, you know, nothing. Yeah. Um, you know, four pound for a can of beer. Yeah. When you can buy four cans for four pounds <laughs> yeah. of the uh, Asda um, just down the road. Yeah. yeah, it's you know, and I don't. I think you're better off. It's a classic case of overpromise and underdeliver. And when you start making statements about we're going to have a bar behind the terrace and you know think about all these sort of things that you know trying to get people through the door again the same way we're saying we're building a squad for promotion we're saying all this just to get people through the door and you know i guess improve the cash flow um so yeah i mean on the attendances i guess we'll you know next week will be another indicator i don't you know I'm, I'm a bit like it with with league tables i don't want to see the league table till 10 games then i think you get a good idea of what's what and the same with attendances really once we've played however many games at home that'll give us a good indication of how many people are staying away obviously results need to be going in our favor to get people through the gates as well so i think one of the things i did read was how there was less turnstiles open which you know what do we put that down to? All right, I didn't read that. But, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. People saying there were less turnstiles open. A lot of talk about the, you know, the facilities and everything, but that's not a new issue, is it? The the no. stadium's been like that since I started going in nineteen ninety eight. So, other than having a roof on the home end, yeah, um, yeah. What do you make of that? Ter- the the turnstiles, well, I guess. I can only assume it's that they're, you know pay less people well do they pay the turnstile operators they I don't know. volunteers might they but uh you need less people uh to to man them and if they only they they weren't expecting you know a huge crowd you know maybe it makes sense not to have them all open not to have someone uh someone someone in there i don't know which turnstiles weren't open did no no i don't know it's just yeah i guess we're so conditioned to go into the usual turnstile yeah. that i guess you walk up to it and it's not open <laughs> it's like yeah oh, yeah all right where do, where I, do I go, I go? Yeah. Yeah. yeah um no doubt no doubt people found their way in or they just turned around and went home yeah um right what's the next question do you want to pick up andy easton right yeah we've covered some of these anyway i think new season new players same shocking discipline is that all we work on on the training pitch um, uh, well, as in the, the way we play, I, I, I'd be surprised if we've done a great deal of work on the training bridge, uh, given the um, given the situation. That that probably yeah. shows, doesn't it? Well, that I think show. so. And I, you know, I'm sort of, I'm not a big fan of the the discipline stuff. Really, I know you know you like you want players with a bit of bite to them, and yeah. Um, There's a question here that I think summarises the discipline question quite well from Jonathan Rendell. There's a discuss the relationship between on-pitch discipline and results. Aggression is one thing, control of it is something different. Yeah. I think I'd say exactly that's a that's a good question and a good uh, well a, a, a good point. I, yeah. Like I said before, if people get yellow cards for 
you know, doing the right things and showing a bit of passion. And I do agree with what Darren Sowell said, I think, last season, that the team that took us out of the Football League went out with a whimper um, and they were afraid to put a tackle in. So nobody can accuse Darren Sowell's sides of, uh, of, of, of um, uh, being afraid to put a tackle in. But I think the yellow cards that we get um, and some of the yellow cards that we got yesterday were just stupidity um, for, 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 for stupid things. And we can't we can't accept that and we shouldn't accept that. And I'm sure the manager doesn't accept that and nor, nor should he. So yes, aggression is one thing. Control of it is something quite different. And if we're going to play with aggression, we've got to control it. Yeah. And I think for me to say Halifax went up, uh, not Halifax, Hartlepool went up with the most yellow cards or they had the most yellow cards and they, you know, went up. I just think is it's along the same lines of saying, you know, we held on at 1-1 against Western Supermare. You know, that's a sign of teams that do well. Like, it's... Yeah. I mean, yeah, Hartlepool went up with lots of yellow cards, but lots of teams do well without getting lots of yellow cards Yeah, as well. You know, I think... You know, I don't remember Gary Johnson's sides being particularly... Uh, you know, having lots of disciplinary stuff. And like you said, it's the petulant, stupid yellow cards, like, you know, like Charlie Lee having a go at the referee at yeah. last season or Luke yeah. Wilkinson punching the ball in the goal. And yeah. Um, yeah. Diving. And uh, it sounded like from what Wheelie was saying on commentary, the people who were like throwing themselves on the ground. So, yeah. yeah. And that for me, I, I do want to see that change because I think, you know, if you're without players through suspension, you're gonna you're gonna suffer yeah. for it. And we, we can't will. afford to be without players. We can't afford to be without Matt Worthington for three games. Um, with the you know the lack of strength and depth that we've got, and him doing that might mean that Alex Bradley has to come back earlier than he. Can. We don't know the situation exactly with Alex Bradley, but like I say, it's stupidity and um, it's stupidity from players that should know better. Yeah, and I don't think. I mean, I don't think it's going to change. I don't, I don't, I generally don't think it will because I think that's, you know, that's the culture. That's the way we're set up yeah. to play. And if you're playing, you know, as soon as you're under pressure and down, you know, like, you know, one, one with 10 men, it's going to creep out even more, isn't it? Because of the frustration and the angst that you're feeling from it. Um, yeah. Next question. You can answer this one. Can you think of any reasons why I should go on Monday from London Green Dave? Yeah, I saw this one. I'm only the reason I can think of uh, Dave is because you perhaps live in London and therefore Aldershot is quite close to London. Therefore, it's a relatively easy trip for you. Um, <laughs> other, than, other than that, I'm not sure. Maybe <laughs> you're just stupid like me and you're, you're going regardless. So, yeah. And there's another one for you from uh, the young pretender, Andy Craig. Is oh yeah, here's any... a surprise, a surprise question from Andy Craig. Is it any coincidence that Coatsy Boy's first game of the season is at Aldershot? Well, it is a coincidence because my first game of the season should have been Wrexham, um, but that was called off due to COVID. So yes, this is Andy <laughs> Craig once again trying to make a point that I was born in Aldershot, which I was, 
14th of August 1980. I was born in uh, I was born in Aldershot. I lived there for four years, and then I moved to Oval. So if I, I can't even remember what I did last week, let alone when I was four years old. So no no affection towards Aldershot <laughs> Town, or there wasn't even an Aldershot Town when I was living there. So it was Aldershot FC, and they went bust. So there you go. Put that okay. one to bed, Andy. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing that's I think do. I think you've I think you've pushed a button there, Andy. <laughs> um, uh, so where do we go from here? From Ryan Nibs, there's a question. Older shot. That's where we go. Older we shot. go to older shot. Yeah. Okay. Um, Andy Cleave, can we partly put this performance down to not having played a game for three weeks? We were yes. second best throughout. Chris Wheel said we had no real game plan, and I agree. Struggled to create many chances, far too reliant on set pieces, long throws, and second balls. This is a typical Clevo question because he's asked it and answered it all in the same thing. So well done, Clevo. You need to you yeah. need to come on, come on, and you can tell us. You can tell us what you think. But I think he's I'm, right. Yeah, I think he's right. Yeah. yeah, not played a game for a long time, and that's one of the things I'd said to you. I know it was early in pre-season when we played Taunton, but I didn't see a game plan because we were just sort of knocking it around and then lumping it. So hopefully we will see a game plan come through, you know, with our attacking, you know, as we work out our attacking shape going forward. But yeah, not having played for three weeks, it was always going to be a bit of a tricky one, wasn't it? Um, yeah. yeah, I'd agree with you, Clevo. Yeah. Paddy's ass. Paddy. Yeah. yeah. What did we think of the new bar, or should I say, a box on wheels that had been dumped at the recycling centre over the road and then salvaged? Uh, well, I think Paddy, I think you have answered probably it. answered everything that uh, you know needs to be known about the new bar. Um, Ian and I didn't see it, uh, but you did, so we'll take your opinion over ours. I think. <laughs> Again, quite another question that's been asked and answered in the same same breath. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, although, in fairness, the atmosphere made me think there was more. So it was a, the noisy 2000 turned up, which is yeah something, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and, and like I say, 2000 was more than I thought there was going to be. I mean, it is a concern, definitely, that Yeovil Town, a team that was in the Football League um, two, three seasons ago, um, were there. So, um, you know, we, we, we should have more than that. But all right. Right. Next question. Yeah, Jolly Green Giant. Oh, uh, ho, ho. <laughs> if Scott Priestnell doesn't sell and go, are we going to spiral further into oblivion? Um, we can't well, win at home against one of the relegation favourites. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. I'm not sure about selling, but, you know, investment, there needs to yeah. be, he's talked about getting in further yeah. investment so i think it's you know the playing budget is it's obviously lower than it was before um you don't let go of charlie lee carl dickinson chris dagnall and jimmy smith who i assume are all and reese murphy who i assume are all higher earners and then replace them with what we've replaced them with because yeah those players all came out of the football league to play for yeovil or in murphy's case as you know, I'd say he's moved up, even though we're uh -huh. in the same league. Um, so we're obviously paying less. We're obviously paying less for players. So, yeah, this investment that has been spoken about needs to come in pretty quickly. I guess the, the benefit is there's no 
transfer window for us in non-league so we can keep doing business but I guess you're only going to be bringing in players who need a couple of weeks um, match fitness built into them because they won't be playing for their clubs that they're at yeah investment is needed investment has been promised and been spoken about and um, targets have been set um, and I mean said it already today I don't think what we've done what we've done as far as business in the in the summer adds up to what is uh, what we see out there on the pitch indeed Sutton Bingham Green uh, you are offered a guaranteed final league position of 19th today do you take it no, no, no I don't think so ask me in 10 games time yeah wait yeah <laughs> Ben shouting listening to this shouting green day clause green day clause <laughs> I'm not writing us off in August. No, what that no, I will not have anyone write us <laughs> off at this stage of the season. There you go. Trying to be Ben for you. Um, Dan Johnson thought we'd spend the summer... Has he already had his questions, Oh, he's Dan had Johnson. loads of questions. He's yeah. back again. Yeah. Blimey. Let's get him on. Yeah, I think we've um, we've sort of covered this one. Thought we'd spend the summer focused on defending. Worrying Kingsley and are likely to be in a relegation fight. And they absolutely dominated us today. Well, yeah, we've, we've spoken all around that. And uh, finally, from Chris Sweet, <laughs> is anyone actually surprised? Were you surprised, Dave? Um, given the... I mean, like I said before, if we had Ruben Reed, and people will laugh at me after what I've said about <laughs> Ruben Reed, I know, but if we had Ruben Reed in the squad, if we had Mark Little, if we had Alex Bradley, um, if we had those players in the squad, I uh, and and this happened, I would be surprised. But in the context of, of of everything, no, I'm not surprised. Are yes. you? No, I I mean, yeah, you've you've answered that one perfectly, exactly how I would have done it. So yes, um, cool. That's all the questions. I feel like listeners might need something a little bit different to end the podcast on so you had a chat with uh Aldershot Pink. fan is that right yeah um, and Andy Craig no we're not relatives no I don't <laughs> stand next to him at games no no but Pete O'Shea yeah he's a he's an Aldershot town fan lovely fella um is actually involved in and I, he spoke to me about this before we went on air but he's involved in an uh, an amazing charity called gloves not guns which is a, a boxing charity which uh, takes young people from south london um uh, out of lives of crime um and gets them into uh, into boxing and from what i've read of it does some amazing work so that's got absolutely nothing to do with what he's going to talk to you about which is <laughs> uh, which is about older shot town but uh, but i just wanted to say it because i thought it was yeah he's Sounds like a, a stand-up kind of chap who does some some great work. So well done, Pete, for that. So you can wrap up this largely uh, depressing listen with a chat about tomorrow's game, which I think we're going to win 5-0, if I'm correct. That's, I think, what Nigel Dyson told us. Or did he say it was going to happen against Kingsley? I can't remember. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, right. cheers, mate. Have a safe see journey. On. Cheers. See you on the other side. So hello, this is Dave. I'm joined by Pete, an Aldershot Town supporter, um, ahead of our trip to Aldershot on uh, Bank Holiday Monday. Now, we're recording this before Aldershot travel to Borehamwood on Saturday and also before, obviously, Yeovil's uh, 
first fixture of the season, uh, the home game against Kings Lynn. So we can't discuss either of those things. But um, Pete, your side came up on the opening day against one of the division's big spenders in Chesterfield. It ended in a, in a 2-0 defeat for Oldershot. Was that a fair reflection of the performance? Yeah, I think for myself, I'd probably say no. I thought we had a fantastic first half. We attacked, you know, relentlessly, really aggressively. But as was a bit of a challenge that we had last year, David, it's those periods where you've got a really good foothold on the game. If you're not capitalising, and I think finding a a really decent striker, um, I was listening to some of your other podcasts, is a real challenge, I believe, in in the conference, unless you've got a significant amount of money to play. But we just didn't pay out. Pay out. We didn't capitalise on that. The set we started a bit slower in the second half, and then they they received the penalty. And you know, I think there was a lot of controversy. Lewis Kinsella came out and said that he told that he dived for the penalty. I thought it was a dive. I was just on the east bank there, that big stand behind the goal, David, and it looked like he dived and. And then kind of, you know, they, they scored again quickly after that. But, yeah, I, I, for me, a draw, I'm always going to say that, uh, a draw <laughs> yeah. with Vera. But, but but it's an interesting sort of setup in the division because they're, you know, they have spent an incredible amount of money yeah. and all sorts of funny things going on, to my interpretation, David. And that makes it a real challenge for the clubs like ours. You know, where you're trying to do things properly, trying to get a good youth academy. And, and you know, the most important thing is, I've seen us go bust once, David. I've yeah. seen us bust again after that. You know, a sustainable future has to be the way forward. But how you develop that in, in our level of football at the moment is an interesting proposition, I believe. Yeah, and, and as you rightly say, at Yeovil, we're uh, we've we've let uh, a proven goal scorer in Reese Murphy go to um to South End because um well uh, I would say probably because he got offered a great deal more money and and yeah. Chesterfield have certainly got a couple of decent strikers, haven't they? I mean Chimanga, uh, who scored I think their second one, he he, yeah. he was with us for for a little while, didn't kick a ball, um and then has done wonderful things <laughs> ever since he left. And then was it Danny Rowe, the big lad who scored their yeah. that scored the penalty? Yeah. So they've and got a couple. Of Danny Rose, hasn't he? He knows the oh, conference yeah. side out. And the other fella is just blistering with pace. You know, that is a really decent, decent forward line. So I was really encouraged with the first half. Started a bit slower second half, but yeah, I was, you know, disappointed. But I think I was more disappointed because I wanted to beat the team with a money bags tag and, <laughs> and just show that you can do it in a more structured kind of uh, long-term view um, yeah. because it makes it so much more challenging, doesn't it, when these clubs are paying out big money and I think there was some controversy over, you know, them furloughing players and then signing players in. I'm not too sure how that works myself, David, but yeah, we we go again on Saturday. Um, got my ticket for Boreham Wood, so yeah, and, and then against you guys on Monday. On Monday, yeah, yeah. So uh, about that, um, obviously, it seems like things have changed a bit, older shot since you, you played us back in May. I was just looking back, the 11th of May, you beat us at your place. Uh, and I noticed the two uh, guys who scored the goals, was it uh, Cheeky Candy, brilliant name, I have to say, and uh, yeah. Harry Panayotu, is it? Um, uh, both, yeah. n- neither of it, which are with you now. Is that, is that right? What, what's changed since uh, we played you last May? Yeah, we've had we've had a few go. I think we would have liked to have kept Harry. Right. Uh, I, I think that was I think it was only last week or the week before. It was really late, David, but he actually got signed by Livingston. So sure he's that. gone he to Scotland, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he had a fantastic sort of last 
three or four months of, of the season, final third of the season. You know, he was on fire, scoring scoring regularly, playing really, really well. I would have loved to have kept him. Um, but unfortunately, you know, um, uh, Joel Nublay as well, he's got to play in Scotland uh, as well. So, you know, it's hard, always going to be hard keeping hold of these players. But I'm quite interested because we have signed a couple of players on two-year contracts. I haven't seen that for a long time, David. So, um, you, you know, that that's always got to be encouraging. But we have to build up through youth. We've got to go out and find players, you know, uh, you know, players from from lower leagues and what have you. And just look, as we all do, I think, David, as you know, we're looking for that diamond that can give us, you yeah. know, five thirty goals a season without paying the sort of money. I mean, Danny Rowe must be on some money, I would say it. Yeah, the thought Chimanga probably is as well, isn't he? You know, there's, there's, there's a, yeah. And, and, and I mean, you've had a few, because I remember when we played at your place, I think you had Ricky Miller, who's obviously, uh, I think he's gone back to, to Dover now, haven't they? Um, and he's obviously got yeah. a pedigree of scoring God. He never quite seemed to make it. And the other one was, was Ross McCormack, uh, who obviously everyone knows oh. from his Premier League days. I mean, he didn't seem to kick a ball, did he, Ross McCormack? So, so David, you're not, you're not giving me a great evening, are you? So, <laughs> Sorry, sorry to um, salt in the wounds and that. <laughs> I was really, you know, Ricky Miller, and I, I wish him every, every success because yeah. I think he's quite open that he's had a number of challenges off the pitch. So yeah. I'd love to see him go and, you know, first and foremost, keep himself in a great place. I'd love to have kept him on, but mm. I guess he's been happy at Dover before and that finds him, him happy. And of course, last season, you see Ross McCormack coming in and my Scottish team uh, is Motherwell, funny enough. So I'm okay. like... Oh, this is just, you know, manna from heaven. And uh, <laughs> played, he played about 20, 25 minutes against Woken in the FA Cup, and that was it. Right. Uh, what was it? So, was it fitness? He just didn't um, find yeah, fitness again? Got injured. He came on, you know, he came mm. on for that game. Clearly, you know, with his experience and level of expertise mm. and out of money that he's been signed for, he knows the game and he knew where to play the football. Oh, yeah. Got injured, got injured, and that was it. Unfortunately, David, oh, we right. never saw him again. Um, well, so yeah, that was that, that, that was a bit of a gutter. Yeah, well, we'll gloss, we'll, we'll gloss over that one. But let's um, so so in terms of the players that you've brought in, I mean, I'm just looking at a few of your your arrivals. You seem to have a um, uh, Reese Miller, is it a centre forward? Is he coming from Farnborough? And you've got uh, yeah. you've got an Oxley Chamberlain here as well, by the looks of it. Is that a relation? Yeah, they are. There yeah. is a relation. I went to um. Where was it? We went. We went to Slough Town, and we saw his dad. So oh, right. You know, we saw his dad sitting down in the stand, and uh, then he signed. Um, you know, just shortly after that. So yeah, he's related, and again, you know, that could be a real good, good find uh, for us. But I mean, the one for me this summer is I don't know if you know of him. Kevin Loco was at Dover, then okay. went to Harrogate. Um, brilliant, brilliant centre back, and and I was really encouraged on Saturday, uh, David, because he was like, you know, that little word in the ear, the pat on the back. You know, he's the vice captain. Lewis can tell us the captain, but he seemed to really control and marshal things from the central defence. So yeah, that would be definitely my my one for the the players coming in. Uh, okay. this season, Kevin Loco. Okay. Yeah. Well, we can't score for Toffee, so we'll probably have a quiet day on Bank Holiday Monday, I'd have thought. So we'll, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll see, won't we'll, we? We'll have, we'll have a four all now, you know, said that. <laughs> yeah. We can't score. We'll That'll have a brilliant be... stacking. Because I remember um, at Christmas, you'd 
had the worst ever start to the season. Yeah, terrible start last season. Yeah, terrible. And then we beat you, and we 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 picked up a little bit. But um, seems yeah. to be the catalyst for your season because we just at that time we kept threatening to knock on the doors of the playoffs, mm-hmm. then all the way threatening to knock on, and um, you know, and, and we came close. We got to the semi final of the trophy as well, but just just never quite a season as, as it was. I've got to share a memory with you because you know. Yeah. I think teams like Yeovil, they give all of us that hope. I saw Yeovil years ago. I used to do a fair bit of ground hopping, David. And okay. I, went the, I went to the Camrose and there was this little group in green and white singing <laughs> before you'd ever made the league. Yeah. You know, you had this real fervent support in non-league. You know, your non-league pedigree was second to no one's, um, you know, and it was phenomenal. It was this little group and always had this little soft spot. And then, of course, I think you all gave us hope because you rose up the league leagues, you built the ground up. And, and you know, that gives the clubs like us hope because that was a, I think a phenomenal achievement. And I was actually gutted to see, you know, your demise a little bit. Yeah, that was, a, I must have been in my 20s at the time, maybe 19, 20, 21. And you were no, playing that's at the Basingstoke, Camrose, Basingstoke, is it? Yeah, you might have even been at the game, but yeah, and I was like, man, because you had this reputation for real kind of oil support and, yeah. and you know, a rich history in, in non-league football. But yeah, that's one of my earliest memories. I was looking forward to sharing that with you. But All right, yeah. well, before maybe a bit before my time, I, I don't ever remember us playing at Basis. Maybe I do actually, might have been a cup game, but I'll, uh, I'll, I'll chuck that one out there to the Glover's Cast listeners and see if anyone remembers. You never know, there yeah, might be some people who remember you, Pete. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> who knows? Right. Well, anyway, Pete, it's been lovely speaking to you. Thanks ever so much for your time and um, obviously wish you all the best uh, for the season to come with, you know, the obvious two exceptions. So, uh, um, but yeah, best of luck with it all. And um, yeah, hopefully we'll speak again when you, uh, maybe when you come down to our place. That would be lovely. Good luck for the season and really good to speak to you, David. Thanks for your time. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. Lindergaard making Forrest back pedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him by the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 